0: Make lots of money, be super beige, and cheat on your wife. 80s man. Hello, welcome to Cover Your Eyes. Today we're talking about the movie Desperately Seeking Susan from
1: 1985. Hello, Sarah. Hey, Holly. So this movie, I was really excited to watch it because I loved it so much as a child. And I really haven't seen it in a long time. I mean, I don't think I really watched it as an adult again. But I, Yeah, I don't think I did. Maybe I'd see like bits of it here and there on like TBS or you know what I mean? I don't know. But I don't think I ever like sat down and fully watched it again. And so I was excited to see it again. And (laughs) it definitely held up. I really loved it this time, too. And the scenery, just, like, the visuals. Every scene was just so amazing and, like, striking. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to, like, eat it up. I don't know. (laughs) I just felt, like, a visceral reaction to every scene. It was so good. The clothes, the city scenery, just everything.
0: Did you want to eat it it up like the giant Sunday poster (laughs) on the wall in Roberta's kitchen?
1: Yes. And the giant bag of cheese puffs that Madonna always had with her. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Seeing like the scene with that jacket with the pyramid on the back. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh yes. (laughs) I just just want that jacket. I want all, I was like, I need more mesh in my life. Like after watching it again, I'm like, we need to bring mesh back. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) I just loved it. You can get that jacket on Etsy. I was wondering, okay, that makes sense. $200. I just looked oh. it up. Awesome. Yeah. What about the earrings? Oh,
0: I don't know about that. So those earrings, I always felt like they're going to rip somebody's ear out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I would be like, I was like nervous the whole time I would see if I, when I would see one of them with the ear I'm like, oh God, they're poor
1: earlobe. <laughs> they do look really heavy. <laughs>
0: So I loved this movie as well as a, as a child. It was probably, I think I probably saw it when I was like, I mean, 85. So I was probably like eight when I saw it and I really loved Madonna and I really loved her like a virgin video in particular. Mm -hmm. I wanted to roll around like that with a tiger. I know. <laughs> I mean, come on. And which definitely alarmed my mom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I have a crush on a tiger or lion now.
0: Because <laughs> I used to, like, roll. I used to do the, like, like a virgin roll around dance. <laughs> 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 my mom would be like
1: what are you doing don't do that can't help it whatever (laughs) yeah you didn't know I was looking it up because obviously I loved Madonna too and I just always wanted to know like okay I like to put movies into a context of like when where was she in her career like when she did this movie like what was Mm -hmm. going on so um I kind of looked up, like, when was Like a Virgin? Because that was, like, her main first big hit, right? But then, so, her song Holiday was her first hit in 1983. mm -hmm. And then, like, a Virgin was 1984. And then she was in this movie in 1985. So, I'm like, okay, she was already, like, a big star, but not, like, the huge superstar Mm -hmm. that she would become. So I think she was a
0: star with people that watched MTV. Yeah. Because all her videos, I mean, I remember I I never forgot the day I was sitting watching MTV and I saw the Borderline video. Mm. And I was like completely mesmerized. I'd never seen anybody dress like that before. And I just like, I wanted that. Yes. (laughs) I was just like this is how I would like to proceed <laughs> 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 when yeah. I get older. Because <laughs> she seemed really like self assured, mm-hmm. and I was not getting a lot of examples of that of self assuredness mm-hmm. in my home life. I I didn't really know any women who were self assured, and in fact, I felt like the women around would kind of sneer at other women who were Mm self-assured. Did you notice that?
1: Yeah. And I think Madonna just like really owned it. and She was comfortable with her sexuality, but she wasn't like relying on it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like she was dressing that way because she wanted to, and that was her style, not just because she wanted to like look sexy or attract people. And it was just like, she had the confidence to wear that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it came through and then it made us want to wear it. And then I went and bought lace gloves Mm -hmm. immediately (laughs) and wore them with my Easter dress. (laughs) Nice. I saw that the woman who directed it, her name was Suzanne or I think Susan, I think Mm -hmm. her name was Susan. I can't remember her last name now, but apparently it was like her directorial debut. And she directed a movie called Smithereens. It was about like, New York in the 80s, and it was the first film to be accepted at Cannes from, like, a United States director. So, yeah. That's what I read in, like, this little blurb. I was like, whoa, that makes sense why this movie was just, like, so visually stunning, because it was a really cool director, and it was directed by a woman and produced by a woman. Um, So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, I was just thinking, because... You know, a lot of times the movies that have a pop star in them are really just supposed to be like a vehicle to launch the star farther. And the movie's not really that good. Mm -hmm. Nothing against Britney Spears, but I'm thinking of like Crossroads or things like that, where it's like, this movie has a pop star in it and that's all that should really count. And this wasn't like that. Like this movie was actually really good and really well directed. So it wasn't only about having Madonna in it. It was just like a good movie that Madonna was in. So the (laughs) movie was directed by... A woman named Susan Zettelman, it was her directorial debut. Yes, I
0: I liked that too. And I think part of it is because Madonna, her real dream was to be an actress, like to be a well-renowned, seriously regarded actress. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so her being in this movie, like you notice that there's only one song of hers in the movie get him what is it into into the groove and that wasn't even on the soundtrack oh because of you know the recording rights or whatever uh it makes sense to me that the whole pop star angle wasn't really promoted it's like whenever we've watched movies women directors it's like There is a there is often a different quality to the way the women are, the women characters are presented in the movie. They have a a lot oftentimes have more fullness to their character, and they're not used as a prop to somehow further a plot for for the male character, or usually the or to be like the sex object Mm -hmm. you know those are the those are the options I think this was probably one of my favorite movies when I was a little kid and I saw it so many times that like I almost feel like I never forgot any of it Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) and then I saw it when I was a teenager and I loved it still and then I've I've seen it periodically through my life. It's kind of one of those movies that I watch when I just feel like I need some, like, nostalgic comfort. And so when I watched it this time, and actually I had just watched it, like, three months ago. Oh. <laughs> uh, with Isaac, because he had never seen it. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? That's, like, one of my favorite movies. I was like, if you want to know me when I was a little kid, like, watch this movie. Yeah. And then, of course, he had his mouth hanging open because he was like, your mom let you watch this when you were eluded. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was is like, really yeah. nothing compared to the other movies that we watched. It's pretty tame, I mean, comparatively to some of them. But it seemed racy at the time, just because yeah. the whole Madonna was perceived as super racy, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Well, so. it was like, Madonna was like that uh, Woody Nelson song But it was like, mama, don't let your babies grow up to be Madonna. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how I felt. It (laughs) It was like uh, every little girl and teenager wanted to be Madonna, at least for like two years. (laughs) Yes. Until she cut her hair and married Sean Penn. And then it was like, I feel like that kind of changed the the, um, trajectory of like idol worship. Mm, yeah. Because that, that look was not as accessible as the desperately seeking Susan Madonna look. That is very accessible because it's basically thrift store chic with an emphasis on the boudoir <laughs> and
1: crucifixes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, those were available. Yeah, and then I feel like I went back to her. I mean, so I was still a fan of her, but then I think it heightened again with the whole like truth or dare and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, oh my God, yes, she's still amazing. Yeah.
0: I remember seeing, I watched uh, the truth or dare documentary a lot.
1: I remember watching that with you for sure. And then you bought the book one time at the mall and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're buying this. It was so like... <laughs> Risque. <laughs> it had pictures of her in like underwear sitting on yeah. someone's lap. And yeah. I mean, it was really nothing that crazy, but it just seemed super, super off limits at the time. Like you were really breaking the rules by buying it.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because in the culture, Madonna has appealed to uh girls and women who maybe are a little more reserved and they have normal lives, but they can like escape into the fantasy uh like eighty in the eighties in particular, they can escape into the fantasy of being like Madonna. And you can have like a little piece of Madonna by dressing <sighs> like her. Mm-hmm. So, this movie is because we, exactly. have, we have roberta who is completely she's so she's 20 she's like mid 20s she's married to a guy who's probably like 10 years older than her he owns a hot tub store like the the hot tubs that you put in your houses too not just like outdoor hot tubs and he has a commercial on television that's the level of success he's reached in their new jersey town that they live in and she's supposed to be happy. like roberta's supposed to be happy but she isn't and she finds herself like being lost in this saga of this interaction between these two people in personal ads and like she gets (laughs) she gets to escape from her real life by indulging in the fantasy of susan's life even though she hasn't even seen susan yet so I just think that's funny that, like, this movie sort of, like, predicted the way that women wanted to
1: be like Madonna. Yeah, this perfectly embodies that. <laughs> Roberta definitely wants that. Yeah, Roberta is played by Rosanna Arquette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then her husband is named Gary Glass. Gary. I know you love the name Gary. Gary.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Garys.
1: <laughs> and... Yeah, so she's just so bored with her life and she just follows these personal ads. And so Madonna's Susan, and then the guy that she is writing the ads back with is Jim. Jim. Mm-hmm. Jim. And this was like before cell phones, so they travel a lot. She's Mm -hmm. kind of just like a grifter who roams around the country, getting into trouble and adventures, and he's in a band, so he travels a lot. So they just like use these ads as a way to reconnect with each other when Mm -hmm. they're back in the same area. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, really, if you don't have a stable cell phone and you are a stable landline, you didn't have cell phones, what would you do?
0: And (laughs) calls were really expensive back then.
1: Yeah, long distance. Psh, forget it.
0: Yeah, you have yeah. to like do it at night and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's funny. It's funny to think about. It makes it a good, you know, plot point for the movie because it's more exciting and kind of a romantic way for her to follow what's going on with them. But mm-hmm. yeah, just funny to think about the times.
0: If you did it now, I guess it would be like, on you'd be like sort of stalkerish of people on Instagram and then it would be really creepy and not
1: Mm -hmm. not funny and cute (laughs) yeah um yeah so like the opening scene just Mm. to kind of introduce us to Roberta Mm -hmm. in her life like what's going on it opens in a salon in the 80s which is Mm. just amazing (laughs) oh
0: my god so
1: many long red nails and feathered hair and She's getting ready. And I think her birthday party is that night. So Mm -hmm. I think she's getting ready for her party. And then her sister-in-law, who's like overly involved in her life and her husband's life, is played by Aunt Jackie, Maureen Metcalf, who I love. I forgot she was in it. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I love her so much. (laughs) Oh, my God. Me too. And getting to see her with like big hair and makeup and everything on, because you don't usually see that. It was just so funny. I love her too. Roberta is looking at the newspaper, and then her sister-in-law is just standing over, kind of hovering, and they're talking, and she's like, what are you doing? Uh, I thought you were supposed to be looking at the classified." So I guess Roberta is supposed to be like looking for a job. And then her sister, uh, Aunt Jackie, says, if you're looking for a job, don't take anything less than $50,000. Which I looked that up because I was like, in 1985, fifty thousand—that's a lot. So in today's money, it would be 121 thousand yeah. dollars. So I'm like, okay, obviously, they have a lot of money, or like they're used to having money. She's only going to take a job that offers that much, so she must have some kind of education or something that she's just not using, and she's just being a housewife.
0: I got the feeling that she married an older guy. She married an older guy. <clears throat> He's providing her with security so she doesn't have to work. She's, Roberta's very soft spoken and um, seems like somebody who probably wouldn't thrive in like the 80s career workforce. Like, right. so I could see how it would be like, oh, well, I really like this guy. He's got his shit together and he can provide me with the life that everyone told me. I'm supposed to want, I'll be living the dream. She's still not happy. And so I just assumed that she was like, probably went to him one night and was like, I think I'm going to get a job. I need something to do. My guess is he's probably not somebody that wants kids. And she doesn't seem like she wants kids either. So if you're a bored housewife and you don't want kids, you're probably going to go try to find a job to like, you know soothe your whatever boredom or you know you're having also gary's an asshole okay let's just he's he's a total he's like there's not really anything about him that stands out as being like oh yeah i can see why she's with this guy like or why she got sucked in or anything he's just like the sort of he's beige. Everything about Gary is completely beige. He comes in and he's talking to, he comes into the kitchen or whatever, and he's talking to Roberta. And he says, he says this story about how he's like, oh, you know, I had to, oh, I had to, I had to like, you know, do all of the stuff at work. And it's so, work's so hectic. And then, I had to, oh, I had this dinner, and oh, you know, and he's, like, going into this big alarm, and it's very clear that he's a liar, and that he's having an affair, mm-hmm. and it's also clear he, it, it, and probably that he's having an affair with one of the girls in a bikini oh. in his hot tub ad that he was playing at the party, <laughs> like, so... I'm sure then he so i'm like okay if if you have anybody just like a hot tip if if you're talking to somebody and they start telling you a story with a lot of detail and they're saying it in a way that's like kind of nervous like they're having like nervous fast talk that's not normal they're lying (laughs) yeah so gary's going to bed after the party Roberta's sitting there in front of the cake and she's like eating some of it and then he's like he's like don't eat all the cake and that just really pissed me off and i'm like don't fuck anybody who tells you not to eat cake that's why <laughs> that's my motto in life you know what i mean yeah like Jesus. And I, and I, on one hand I was like, well, he could have just been saying that like, I want some, so don't eat at all. That's not what he meant. Okay. I wanted to ask you, I was like, maybe I'm just sensitive. No.
1: He's like, don't eat all that cake.
0: Okay. Cause you're going to get, you're going to be a chubby bubby and.
1: Mm-hmm. He only and wants
0: then- hot, hot tub <laughs> honeys.
1: Hot tub <laughs> honeys. <laughs> That's awesome. yeah so jumping ahead so that just made me think i have to jump ahead for one second but then like fast forward then they're reading her diary and they're going through one of the entries and she says had the party Gary came in while i was in the kitchen at night i ate the rest of the cake (laughs) i was like yes good for you roberta oh my god that was one of my favorite parts yeah (laughs) yeah so that's what's going on with roberta like that's her life so you can Mm -hmm. see why she's just so bored with it and she wants Mm -hmm. to follow susan's life in the newspaper and so the opening scene for susan which is just also like so memorable and wonderful madonna's like laying on the hotel floor wearing that amazing jacket with the pyramid on the back and some lace outfit And taking pictures of herself with a Polaroid, there's just like food and booze all around on the floor. You can tell she's just been partying and having like a great time. And then room service comes and they bring her a newspaper and a bottle of tequila (laughs) for like (laughs) breakfast. (laughs) So great. And then she looks in the paper and she finds the ad from Jim of like, hey, desperately seeking Susan. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to go see him again. Mm -hmm um but while she's in the hotel room then you see there's like a guy laying in the bed behind her so it was who she had been with for a while i guess um and when she leaves she goes through his jacket and takes money out of his wallet not all of it yeah just some and then she also (laughs) takes a pair of earrings that were in there like these really fancy giant gold dangly earrings and then she leaves for
0: inspiration
1: yeah oh yeah and she also gives the uh, bellboy like a polaroid of herself as his yeah trip, like when he brings <laughs> the breakfast that was so great um but then so she's leaving the hotel the guy's still passed out and then when she's walking out in the hall she spills her suitcase and then this other guy walks past her going mm-hmm. towards a room and he's a very you know shifty looking and he White hair. is very yeah lacking in pigment and kind of like a rabbit Yeah, he's like a white rabbit, but like a shifty looking white rabbit. And he sees her. He like takes notice of her because of her jacket, which is like very unique and distinctive. And then she leaves. So he like remembers that. Then we find out that he's going to the hotel room where she had been because apparently the guy she'd been hooking up with was some kind of like mobster or something. Mm -hmm. And the earrings that she took were actually stolen from an exhibit and they were Nefertiti's earrings. So Mm -hmm. she doesn't realize that. So the guy's coming to look for the earrings. They're not there. So he murders the mobster and then he knows he needs to find Susan and Mm -hmm. he's following her based on that jacket. Mm -hmm. And then the hijinks ensue from there. And then that's how Roberta kind of like gets mixed up in all of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I was trying to think of like, how did all this actually happen? Yeah, like after the day after the party, when Roberta's like at the height of her boredom and depression, she's like, that's it. I'm going to go see Susan because she saw the latest ad, too. And she's like, I'm going to go see her, see what's up and see like this romance in person. She follows Susan from there. And then she sees Susan go into like a thrift store because she sees these amazing boots. Susan sees these amazing (laughs) boots. They're like crystal studs everywhere. Mm -hmm. And she just has to have them. And she trades her pyramid jacket for the boots. Yeah. the
0: then boots, Roberta, were, Huh? The, the boots were $65. And oh. I looked it up and it was $170. Oh, okay. Now. Which is yeah. a lot of money for a vintage store.
1: Worth it, though.
0: <laughs>
1: but I guess she was being sensible because she had taken the money from... Mm-hmm that guy's wallet but she didn't want to spend it so she traded her jacket instead Mm -hmm. for the boots Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so then that's how roberta gets her hands on the jacket Mm -hmm. unfortunately for susan roberta also has the key to the locker that susan had put her stuff in at the beginning so roberta becomes gets knocked out by the the white rabbit And then she falls down a rabbit hole, where Mm -hmm. when she wakes up, she has no idea who she is. Mm -hmm. And there's this absolutely beautiful (laughs) human being sitting right by her. Those eyes. And that's why I always wanted to be Roberta and not Susan. (laughs) When I (laughs) watched this movie, I had no interest in being Susan.
1: (laughs) You're right, because Roberta had the way eater boyfriend. Even though Susan was way cooler and had a better wardrobe. So
0: so do you think okay, so I actually so I actually think Susan is a really rude person. And if you were to encounter her in real life, you would never want her to stay with you or anything. She gets basically every time she's around anyone, she just brings chaos and disaster (laughs) into their lives. And she does not care that it happens. She has no, she has no like, oh gosh, you know, I didn't mean for your apartment to get trashed or I just, like she's presented as being like this cool, like hip woman. Like, you know, like she's like a feminist icon of the 80s kind of a in a way you know which I understand but this particular that's like Madonna that's a whole other thing but this particular character Susan like if you just look at all of her behaviors it's presented in such a way that you want to be her because Roberta wants to be her but everybody's really identifying with Roberta or most people I think are probably really identifying with Roberta when they watch the movie which like the idea of you know, dreaming of like a life full of excitement and danger and a life where you're not so sensitive. Because like for people who are really sensitive, the appeal of someone like Susan is that they don't feel everybody else's emotions all the time. And so it just frees them up to do whatever the fuck they want. And that looks really appealing and exciting
1: if you've spent your whole life trying to please everyone around you. I think most people would identify more with Roberta than want to be (laughs) Susan. I definitely would be more like Roberta, but wanting to be Susan.
0: What do you think about, like when you're watching the movie, like how do you feel about Susan in the moment?
1: Yeah, I feel like Susan is very just like selfish and taking what she needs from whoever she needs it from at the moment and then moving on to the next thing. And I mean, we literally see her doing that multiple times, mm-hmm. but it's like people, she's just so, I guess, you know, entertaining and she has something to offer that makes her lovable. Cause they keep taking her back and wanting to be around her and just like inviting that chaos back into their life again. So mm-hmm. just cause she's so cool, I guess. Yeah. So really, I guess Susan is like, Gary the narcissist only a way cooler version <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> right. cooler version of Roberta's husband she's Susan is like if Gary was an artist <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we don't even really know like what does Susan do I think I she's just, a grifter yeah I just call her like a roaming grifter who dresses really well I had a
0: question about Whenever she's at the beginning, whenever she's in the hotel room with that guy and he's like passed out, I'm like, did they just party or did she like drug him?
1: No, they partied because she said that she had like been with this guy for a while, like when she met up Jim When she met with her, like, on and off again. And she was like, I've been with this guy. And and she tells Jim everything. So, like, he knows that she's with other people. And he's probably with other people when he's on the road, too. And they Mm -hmm. just have, like, an understanding about that. I don't think she drugged him. (laughs) I mean, I guess I wouldn't put it past her. But I think he was (laughs) just passed out. (laughs) In this weird
0: way, it's almost like she doesn't have a personality. I don't really know anything about her.
1: It's true. It's true. We don't really get to see much about her. It's all about the people around her, really. Oh, how she's like a catalyst. Yeah.
0: She inserts herself into a situation and she blows it up. <laughs> and then she moves on to the next place. And then in this, in this particular instance, she did everybody a favor because she has that creative fire energy that she brings into the environment. And people can you know they're like oh I feel so alive and like charged around this around this woman you know and that that's worth the potential of the next day waking up and realizing that all of your grandma's silverware is gone
1: (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a good way to put it and I
0: know people kind of like that Mm-hmm. i get I it me too. you know yeah. i'm not i just at the same time it's like i would not want to be anything like susan and like her lifestyle did not appeal to me as a kid mm-hmm. even though this was like my favorite movie that <laughs> was totally about roberta's boyfriend
1: does Dez, played by the beautiful aiden quinn Jesus. Yeah. I'm sure he was like the first grown ass man that I was like, oh my god! I was a seven year old, and I was like, that's a man. <laughs> he's just so like gorgeous, but also like soft spoken, mm-hmm. but like a quiet masculinity where you know you can depend on him. Mm-hmm. Andy's artsy because he works in a cinema house, like mm-hmm. like a little independent movie theater. Andy wears suspenders. I mean, come on. He's just and just so a and is a cat which
0: he yeah. cuddles, There's like a scene of him That's cuddling fine. with this cat. He doesn't have a shirt on. And I'm like, you know what, Susan director, you are just pandering to all of the women <laughs> in the audience right now, and I love it.
1: It's <laughs> true. <laughs> That's another sign of a female director right there. <laughs> like, you know how many tits we've put up with looking at? <laughs>
0: You can at least have a shirtless man hanging out with a cat who's perfect. Exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's worth like a thousand hits. (laughs) Equivalent. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so his phone number. So. Des's phone number was in the jacket pocket because Jim had given it to Susan. He's like, I'm worried about you mm-hmm. because of this mob guy. And if anything happens, call Des. He'll help you. So that's why when Roberta wakes up from her am- with amnesia, she... Actually, he was already there because Jim had called him and told him to go yeah, check Jim, on her. Jim told Dez, like, hey, my girl's coming in. Go check on her. He thinks that she's Susan, Mm -hmm. So she thinks that she's Susan, too, once she hears the story. Mm -hmm. And then she stays with Des at his apartment until she can figure out what's going on. And she's trying to find clues to, like, who am I? -hmm. And then she finds the, like, a postcard from the Magic Club, which is where Susan had gone because her friend works there. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, such a great visual memory, too, of, like, going into this old club where they're doing a magic show and it looks like it's like stuck in the 60s all yeah. of the patrons there look like they're dressed from the 60s still and it's just like going back in time when you walk through that door and there's like the cigarette girl walking around the tray of <laughs> cigarettes like from the 40s mm-hmm. it's just so great um
0: it's definitely where i would hang out hang out oh yeah <laughs> if i lived in there. Yeah.
1: yes <laughs> and the costumes it's so good so yeah she goes there to try to figure out like how who am i what am i doing how did i know this place but she doesn't really get any clues but she ends up getting a job there Mm -hmm. and taking over for susan's friend who had been fired because she wouldn't sleep with the boss there
0: yeah which is just like par
1: for the course exactly because it was then totally you know what's ironic about that is like rosanna arquette was one of the people who wouldn't sleep with harvey weinstein and then ended up being like blackballed yep it's kind of like predicting the future the magic club (laughs) she's there (laughs) blah 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 somehow i'm like so many different things have to fall into place (laughs) for Mm -hmm. for these things to happen and like even going back in my mind i'm like wait a minute now how did he find her there so then somehow the guy that was after susan traces. roberta Roberta to the magic club yeah because he's just
0: following roberta because he he's Mm -hmm. following the jacket yeah which by the way just speaking of the jacket i realized that i have a favorite quote but then Mm -hmm. also a lot of times i have a quote that sums up the 80s yeah for me so i'm gonna introduce a new segment called sums up the 80s awesome and it's when gary sees Roberta's new pyramid jacket and uh-huh. Roberta tells him you know oh, I went to this you know thrift store I got a jacket it used to belong to Jimi Hendrix <laughs> <laughs> and then Gary says you bought a used jacket what are we poor mm-hmm. and I was like sums up 80s you know what I mean
1: yes <laughs> Gary <laughs> I-
0: the white rabbit every time this guy with white hair shows up (laughs) something happens to roberta that there sends her into a, a spirals her on a completely different trajectory and so the first time it happens she gets amnesia and then the second time it happens she comes out of amnesia Which is like there's just such a big Alice in Wonderland theme. Roberta goes on an adventure and she gains a lot of power Mm -hmm. and she discovers herself for who she really is aside from a man. Even though like she ends up with Des, but Des this whole time because Roberta doesn't know who she is. Des just assumes that she's Susan, and so Des. Treats her like you would treat a good friend's girlfriend. Okay, so Leslie, whenever... So whenever Roberta disappears, um, because she has amnesia, Leslie, Gary's sister, Leslie just lives to, like, completely torment her brother all the time. (laughs) Because I think Leslie thinks that her brother is a dick. Yes. And I think it's in in this moment... (laughs) When she's talking to him, when I realized, like, oh, Leslie wasn't hanging around Roberta because she's a nosy asshole. She was hanging around Roberta because she thinks her husband's an asshole and she mm-hmm. wants to kind of like protect Roberta. there's like a there's a quality, like there's actually more of a she wishes Roberta was her sister instead of Gary being her brother. And so I was like, okay, that's cool too, because she's not like, because when you first see, when you first meet Leslie, I was like, is she going to be one of those like nosy nag in-laws that's just like, you know, always on her brother's side even, and like is totally, you know, you know that type in a movie. Yeah. But she's completely the opposite. And in fact, she says... (laughs) Whenever, whenever Gary's like, I don't know where my wife went. Leslie's like, Well, do you know how to get her off? (laughs) Because if you don't know how to get her off, which you probably don't, that's probably why she left you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that conversation. It's
0: 1985. This is amazing. It is.
1: She's like, Well, was she sexually satisfied? (laughs) And then she asked him about orgasms. She's like, "You do know what it is, don't you, Gary?" Yeah, she knows that her brother is just like a terrible husband, probably terrible in bed. She knows he's a bad he's person. Bleeding. Yeah, and she says, "Oh, um, she knows that." She said, "Like, oh, I know all about you," and she probably knows all about you running around with Debbie, whatever. And he's like, "We're not running around. We're having a perfectly respectable affair." Yeah. <laughs>
0: i'm having an affair so now i'm fancy <laughs> it's, like, it's like no you're just kind of an asshole <laughs>
1: exactly yeah and then later when susan so susan finds gary because of like a phone number that she left at the thrift store or whatever they end up hooking up and she's like i need to find roberta cause she's got all my shit And he needs to find her because it's his wife. And so he just, I don't think he actually really cares about finding her. He just technically should find her since it's his wife. He's just like doing it because it's like, well, people will ask questions if I don't look for her. So I better seem concerned.
0: I also thought there was an element of, how dare she leave me? I thought I had the upper hand in this relationship. (laughs) If I didn't think I had the upper hand in the relationship, I never would have married her in the first place. Mm -hmm. like that's gary to me (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) yeah and then so susan like ends up back at their house because she's working with them to find her and she goes through all of roberta's stuff she just immediately goes through the bedside table where you'd find like any juicy stuff and she finds all these books like basically self-help books about like does your marriage suck do you never have orgasms and everything and gary's like what He's like, he doesn't even think that Roberta would be interested in sex. Because later, Mm -hmm. Roberta gets picked up for being, yeah, sex worker. And then he's like, I don't believe that. She doesn't even like sex. Mm -hmm. It's like, first of all, that's not how it works. And second of all, Mm -hmm. you obviously are not having sex with your wife. And you are not keeping her sexually satisfied at all. And you don't even think that that's important to her. And you're just off having affairs with other people instead. Yeah.
0: Ugh, Gary. Gary is he's beige. Totally. Like, beige. That's
1: not the problem. So,
0: like you know how you can have somebody. Okay, so we've kind of established that Gary and Susan are both incredibly narcissistic people. But you can see, Susan seems fun to hang out with. <laughs> Gary, her her shenanigans might be worth it under some some circumstances. Yeah. Gary, on the other hand is boring really boring like there's nothing really about him that stands out in any way except that he's self-absorbed and to me like that kind of sums up what the impression I was getting in the 80s of what men were supposed to be like
1: yeah that's like just be sure that you provide her with like a nice house that she can stay in while you're out doing whatever you want to do and then you've done your part yes Like, you don't have to come home to that house as long as you've provided it for her. Yes. And um, anything that you do beyond that, you're just, like, excused from because of the pressures that you're under to provide Mm. that house for her. She made me do it. If she didn't
0: want this house in the suburbs and the pool in the backyard, if she didn't want that, then I wouldn't be under so much stress. And then I wouldn't need to sleep with my secretary. (laughs) 20, even though I'm 50. The (laughs) eighties. The eighties. Like
1: every decade, really. But
0: but, I mean I think it's getting better. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true when as much when there's like more financial equality between partners. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems like at least at the very least, women are cheating more and catching up with men. Cheating more? Yeah, they're cheating more. (laughs) So what I'm, what I get, and I'm not saying like, oh, good, women are cheating more. But (laughs) what I mean, (laughs) what I mean, (laughs) finally equality. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. But what I mean is that it seems like that is in line with women having more career, being more career oriented in, in their, even though they're married. So it leads me to think that having a career is really what would make you more likely to have an affair.
1: Yeah. And that I don't might know. Just,
0: like that no. might just be easy access because you're encountering people in a world that's probably different and not going to cross circles with your home life. Yeah. You know, them being so with Leslie and Gary sneaking around in Roberta's stuff um, comes my favorite quote from Leslie. You might know. Oh. <laughs> so mm-hmm. My favorite quote so they find her diary and Leslie says diary! That little
1: sneak! What did she say about me? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Would you do that? Would you read someone's diary if it was if out? If they were... If
0: they were missing.
1: Okay. Yeah, but not otherwise.
0: Mm -hmm. Because you know what happens when you snoop? If you find something, you can't say anything or you revealed (laughs) you snooped. So really, you're just fucking your own head
1: Mm -hmm. over.
0: Or you look like the asshole if you find anything and you can't and you confront somebody about it. And I've actually had two different boyfriends read cuz i've always been an avid journaler mm-hmm. and I had two different boyfriends read my journals over a period of time so how do you find out because they confronted me about something i wrote oh my god and i was like this is why you shouldn't
1: snoop dude like, yeah insane yeah
0: so when they were reading yeah. her diary i was just like nope but
1: they are, had an I mean, excuse.
0: I was like, I was like, they have an excuse. Like, I would read a diary. Cause like, what if she had met some guy and sure started having an affair and then she was like, We're gonna go away for the weekend and when I come back, I'm gonna tell Gary it's mm-hmm. over. And then you're like, Okay, well, where is she? Why didn't she come back? Is this guy creepy? Like exactly you know?
1: it's like a dateline. Yes. Episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I thought that was I thought the reading That's, like, the only, to me, the only excuse to read somebody's diary is if they have disappeared or have been murdered. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, just don't do it.
1: Exactly. That leads to, there are just, like, so many scenes where I was, like, yes, I was getting, like, fulfilled from each scene that I saw. And, like, when Madonna was laying on the bed reading her diary with like Chips Ahoy, Oreos, Cheese Puffs. Everywhere Ooh. she went, there was like Cheese Puffs, uh, which I loved. <laughs> and she's wearing like a wife beater, which I don't think we're supposed to call them that anymore. A men's mm-hmm. white undershirt, um, boxers, and like lace, a lace garter somehow. <laughs> Uh, and it just looked so amazing and she was just like laying on the bed on her belly in this amazing outfit reading a diary eating junk food in a pink 80s bedroom and yeah. I was just like this is fulfilling me in so many ways right now I just loved it and then um my husband had actually definitely seen this movie and he was like oh my god this is the scene where like I became a man <laughs> he's like definitely remembered her laying on the bed in a certain way with those boxers and the lace garters and i was like yeah i get this and then when she like goes to the place that added in the newspaper and she like goes out on the street she's wearing that same outfit and she just throws on one of gary's like dress shirts over it and walks downtown wearing yeah. that that is like such an iconic scene i was just like she's amazing <laughs> that was like groundbreaking <laughs> who would wear that but yeah her? And then she walks past those three triplet guys yeah. that, like, check her out. And they're, like, the most 80s ball looking <laughs> Oh, God. That scene. I know. That's oh, just so good. But she was, like, taking control of the situation. Yeah. So even though she looked like a party girl and, like, all sexy, she was, like, handling things. Mm-hmm. She was, like, well, I'm here and I'm going to take care of this. Yeah. She figured out the way to find Roberta. Yes. And got stuff done. Yeah.
0: None of Mm -hmm. the guys in this movie get anything done.
1: No, they don't. (laughs) They just
0: like flounder around Uh (laughs) and like worry about what the women think about them. That's a
1: nice change.
0: Which is usually the opposite. I mean, this movie actually feels like almost. More, it still feels more modern now than a lot of movies that have been made in like the past 10 years or something to me. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's two women who consistently assert themselves. Actually, well, Leslie does too. So, three women who consistently assert themselves in situations and the men who love
1: them. <laughs> like, what? All the guys are pretty cool and supportive except for Gary. And Gary, by
0: the end of the movie, you realize that Gary is just an idiot and that he's Uh like he's it's it's almost like it's not that he's a jerk. It's that he's just kind of stupid. And he just like was like, oh, hey, hey, over culture. What are you telling me to be like? Oh, is this the kind of man I'm supposed to be? Well, then I guess that's the kind of man I am. I'm doing a good job. Like Gary thinks he's doing a great job Mm -hmm. because his culture has told him as a man, you're doing a great job, dude. You got a wife who's hot. She's 10 years younger. You got a career, you got a commercial on TV and you got babes in bikinis. And by the end of the movie, he has been humbled. I would hope.
1: (laughs) I think so. I think so. And he just expects Roberta to come home with him and she doesn't. And that's like a wake up call. Mm -hmm. And she says, look at me, Gary. And then he does and he says something like dismissive. And she's like, no, look at me. It's like, you never see me. Now you're really seeing me for the first time. And it's too late. And now I'm leaving you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm going to sleep with (laughs) Dez instead. So sorry. Bye. Bye.
0: I would not be sorry.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. And so, like, Susan comes up with a way to finally, like, get in touch with Roberta. They all meet up at the Magic Club. Like, that's where everything culminates, back at the Amazing Magic Club. And um, they're able to capture the, the white rabbit guy when he's trying to get the earring. They capture him, and they finally meet each other that's the first time susan and roberta meet right is when roberta is rescuing susan from the rabbit guy and she bashes him over the head with like a bottle of scotch and then they're like hey i'm susan (laughs) i'm roberta and it's beautiful and then at the end we see that they both get awarded by the city for like helping capture him and they're holding hands and like cheering together and it's just like a beautiful friendship girl power moment yeah it's sweet. Yes. It's sweet. And it's like
0: it's like women being together, supporting each other.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like
0: Leslie supports and defends Roberta yeah. to her brother. And Roberta and Susan team up, you know, and Susan wasn't like, What did you you know, she didn't get all weird and soap opera with Roberta and I will say, though, I feel like I feel like Gary really has daddy issues. What do you mean? Well, like, he wants to keep his wife, like, subservient and a mm-hmm. child. So I feel like he has daddy issues. Like, he needs to be a daddy.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And he doesn't know how to interact with a woman who isn't viewed as subservient to him somehow.
1: Yeah. Except for his sister. and i just like this movie was positive overall it was like Mm -hmm. madonna was very cool very sexual but empowered in her sexuality Mm -hmm. she was never like ogled or taken advantage of or like fondled you know what i mean she wasn't objectified either yeah she just like owned it and people admired and respected it it was like yeah Mm -hmm. look at her but they weren't yeah, objectifying her, like you said. They're just appreciating what they saw mm-hmm. and her power. She just has, like, yeah, a really unique way of being able to do that. So I think it was actually like a positive message for a seven year old girl. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I
0: really feel like uh, Madonna in the 80s had a huge influence on me because I, i admired her sexuality and that was a very specific thing this woman is is showing herself as a powerful individual who has se- her own sexual agency which mm-hmm. is like a man is able is afforded the luxury of doing in our in our society but women were really not allowed that in the early 80s and people would talk about madonna like she was a real threat
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and she was a threat she was a threat to the patriarchy Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah keeping women ashamed Of enjoying the pleasures of their own fucking body. (laughs) Here's the pleasure I take in my own self. And in my ability to move in the world. And express my physicality any way I want. (laughs) That's really threatening. And it's threatening to a lot of women as well. Who can't who can't express that for whatever reason who can't or don't want to and they see that and then it's like oh well now what now I'm supposed to act like this oh is this what men want now because I spent my whole goddamn life growing up thinking because you all told me that men want this like docile housewife but
1: now you're telling me Roberta's
0: they want Robertas, but now you're <laughs> telling me that they want the Susans.
1: But they want Susans without the attitude. They want the like sexuality of Susan with the um, temperament of a Roberta. So me, a Roberta in the street and a Susan in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I am. It's, they want a Holly. <laughs> to cut that out. <laughs> yeah i just remember madonna being like so vilified Mm -hmm. and like controversial and it's like Mm -hmm. then looking back at it it's like wow (laughs) why you know it's so tame even like comparatively by today's standards but she was very groundbreaking and she really wasn't even doing anything that (sighs) controversial or outlandish but it was just controversial at the time
0: well, also it was explicit because mm-hmm. there's plenty of women who fla- who have flaunted their bodies in public through history and they've been highly praised. Mm-hmm. But the way in which they were flaunting their bodies was really, there was a submissiveness to it and this coquettishness of, oh, you I need mean to get all that lipstick on your collar. Mm-hmm. Oh, that kind of thing. And it's like um, like the seven... Have you ever seen that movie, The Seven-Year Itch? hmm It's like she's constantly bending over. She moves in a way that's showing off her sexuality and her mm-hmm. body, but it's not what she owns. It's how her power comes from being the object.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It doesn't come from being... The agent and Madonna comes from being the agent, Mm -hmm. and that's the part that's threat. It's not the sex, it's that she was saying, I'm taking my pleasure and I'm getting pleasure, these are my choices. And it was like this very, uh, she's very assertive, and that was the part that's a threat. It's hard to put my finger on the the power that she's able that madonna's able to channel through mm-hmm. when she expresses herself and another madonna song <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and i mean we could talk all day about like the appropriation all of the critiques that have been put on her which i totally get where people are coming from but as a as a person who was heavily influenced by Madonna as a child in the 80s there was something that was completely different about her that women had never been given the opportunity to identify with before of being someone who is sexually empowered and has agency over their body. I mean there she garnered pearl clutching from people who didn't have pearls like you know what i mean it's just like this whole thing of like this woman must be stopped (laughs) you know she's like corrupting Mm -hmm. the girls she did corrupt she did corrupt the girls thank (laughs) goddess speaking of patriarchy Mm -hmm. um so Roberta has this like in the the when the white rabbit guy kinda of, like really catches up with her after her magic act, uh the first time, so she's Roberta's got these two doves in a cage, yeah, and then she's got um she's like running from the the guy, the mob guy and she goes into a factory, and there's this creepy guy. Oh my god! In the factory,
1: the security but, like, guard.
0: You know, you know the security guards like, "Ooh, here's this his hot babe that came in, just like a cupcake. It's really mm-hmm. my night, you know." And he's got like girlies all over. Oh yeah, and stuff. But you notice like how that how that scene was shot. You don't you know, those are nude nudie pictures, but you don't really see them, mm-hmm. you know. So even there, there was an opportunity to show to like objectify women. But instead, it was used as a prop to show that this guy was probably like a sexual creep. Yeah.
1: It's not like Spicoli's room where you see every spread eagle person, every spread yeah, eagle woman yeah, in her right. breast. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely just see the creep vibes from this guy. And she's alone and coming to him for help in the middle of the night. And you're just like, Ooh.
0: Yeah. So then she runs out and she runs into some cops who don't ask her any questions. They're immediately like, oh, hey, you're a hooker. You're mm-hmm. wearing a, you know, because she's still got her um, outfit on from... The, her magician assistant outfit and she really does look like a cupcake like she's got a lot of mm-hmm. on it and stuff it's a pretty great outfit it and was so i was like so they arrest her for being as they would say a prostitute a sex mm-hmm. worker and i'm like this happened this like i don't know about now but i remember in the 90s reading about women getting stopped by cops in cities who had like you know a short skirt on and they would be like you're coming with us what yeah this is like a thing that would happen in oh my god obviously uh, probably more with you know with black women
1: mm-hmm,
0: but, mm-hmm. um like everything else but
1: oh you my know, god
0: Yeah. I I mean, I remember that because it was like, because like one, I remember this one, I read this article and this woman in New York City had been arrested for being a sex worker because she was standing outside of a bar. And I think like the bar might've got raided or something. I'm not really sure, but something was going on that cops were there. She was standing outside and she got arrested for being a sex worker. And then when they looked in her purse and saw she had a condom, that was the evidence they used.
1: You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, obviously, the
0: charges were dropped and stuff. Okay. Like, she's, like, a college student or whatever. But, uh uh-huh. But like, not that that precludes you from being a sex worker. Oh, yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, like, it was absurd. But, like, that was the level of, like, sexism that was still happening you know in Mm -hmm. the 90s and granted i have no statistics on how common that was or anything it was just a story i read but it stuck out with me and i remembered it when i was watching this movie because i got really mad (laughs) at the cops because i'm like here's clearly a woman in danger so like every man that she's encountered has been a threat to her and Mm -hmm. it's don't go out alone ladies you know because this is what happens you're just like endlessly mercilessly persecuted by creepy guys even the cops
1: yeah she was laying on the ground like helpless because he had just attacked her and ran off and they pick her up from the ground and then arrest her yeah instead of going
0: after the guy (laughs) who assaulted her oh my god which to me like i feel like that was a that was a deliberate, you know, choice on the part of the filmmakers to mm-hmm. show that this kind of thing really happens, that cops in the city go around and they assume that if you're a woman who isn't dressed the way they think a good girl's dressed.
1: And then you're out I mean, late at night.
0: Yeah, you're a lady of the night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that what you said?
1: Oh, I said, and you're out late at night.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you're also a lady of the night. and you have doves so I love the part when she gets into the cop car then there's another woman in the back of the car who presumably had been picked up for sex work as well and she was like looked at her and she's like how do you use the doves (laughs) she used them in part of her sex work it was so funny
0: (laughs) yeah oh and then um and then whenever leslie and Gary find out that Roberta was arrested for being a sex worker. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Leslie just determined her brother is like, I've heard four out of five prostitutes are lesbians. Gary, <laughs> she takes every opportunity to to emasculate Gary. <laughs>
1: Yep, (laughs) and it makes it makes Gary tolerable. (laughs) Yeah, Leslie is the best. (laughs) Then I think she said she watched like an expose or something about how a lot of housewives are like sex workers during the day. Yeah, like they go downtown and shop, and then they just do a little sex work, and then come home and make dinner.
0: (laughs) Every every uh, husband's nightmare.
1: I don't know. There's just, like, so many great scenes. I love all of the, like, their house. Gary and Roberta's house is, like, 80s modern porn right now. It's oh, so totally. great. Gary and Leslie are at the police station going to find out about Roberta. Madonna takes, like, a small TV from inside their house and brings it out by the pool. Yeah, sets up, like, her own living room by the pool. And she has, like, bottles of champagne and cookies and cheese puffs and just everything. She's just, like, luxuriating in the backyard. It's kind of like how you said she doesn't care that she's causing like so many problems and just creating a mess. But she's just like living her best life all the time. (laughs) It just looks so great. I mean, as a (laughs) child watching that, it's like, yeah, who wouldn't want to be watching TV while you're in the pool (laughs) eating junk food? Yeah, so but then Gary's high when Roberta calls him from jail. Yeah, she calls for help and he's like. So high, he doesn't even know what's going on, or he thinks it's a joke or something, right? um come get her. They got her the next morning, didn't they? No, Des came and got her from jail because Gary was right. like all high and not responding oh, properly. That's so right. then she called Des yeah. and he rescued her. No, uh, Madonna
0: him. answered,
1: okay, and she didn't. Yeah,
0: Susan answered, and then she was like, Oh, shit
1: oh, that's right. Yeah. She's like, Why is that's there a right. woman answering my yeah, phone? Why is a
0: woman answering? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So then she calls Des and then she tells Des, like, hey, because she, when she loses her amnesia after falling that other time, then she tells him, like, I'm actually a housewife. And he's like, oh, and he doesn't believe her. Yeah.
0: So she tries to tell him the truth.
1: Well, he's heard (laughs) all
0: of these stories about Susan. And so he does does not, Des does not trust Roberta as Susan so and like they kissed that one time and then he was like oh shit like
1: mm-hmm. nope <laughs> but then that night they do sleep together yes because he's just like can't resist her anymore yeah he's gonna yeah. tell jim be like i'm sorry jim but mm-hmm. i'm in love with susan <laughs> it's really not susan <laughs> which like, is so funny when
0: <laughs> when him and jim realize that their susans aren't the same
1: people It's <laughs> like yeah. such a relief <laughs> it's just so cute i just loved it i will definitely keep watching it through the years yeah it's great Mm -hmm. i don't know anything else um
0: i don't yeah i mean i don't really have anything else about about this movie i mean it's just it's nice to end it's nice to end season one on with desperately seeking susan Because I feel like it's a movie we both totally loved and adored as children. And like to have it still be great and feel modern in a lot of ways is like really refreshing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a great feeling.
0: (laughs) Well, everyone, we have come to the end of season one of Cover Your Eyes. And we will be back in three weeks with more exciting movies, more horror more drama, and more laughter.
1: So in this movie, Roberta is born with her own life and she becomes obsessed with Susan's life and basically wants to become Susan and live the exciting life that she has. So have you ever had an experience like that where you just meet someone or see someone that looks super exciting to you and your life seems really boring by comparison and you want to kind of like meet them, live vicariously through them, become them? any situation like that if you have we'd love to hear about it um email us at cover at gmail.com or you can message us on instagram or twitter also if you have ideas for other movies we should cover in the future we'd love to hear those too
0: thank you for listening to cover your eyes podcast if you like our show please feel free to count the ways find us on patreon.com Backslash. Cover your eyes.
1: You can also visit our store on Redbubble at Cover Your Eyes Podcast.
0: And don't forget, we love it when you subscribe, rate, and review.
1: Are we gonna say see you next Tuesday? Still? <laughs> okay, we could say bye. I'll see you next Tuesday.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: I give it a hundred percent.
0: I give it ninety-five percent just for Aiden Quinn.